That was awesome. That is, I want to explain to you, if you're a guest and you, have, you don't know much about our church, that is where me and Miss Donna was able to go the last week to Orlando, Florida, Disney, and that was part of our world conference. And we're part of a uh, movement of churches called Every Nation Ministry and Churches. And Grace Point Church, believe it or not, um, from over 20 years ago, started here in the States. We're one of the charter churches that started in Every Nation. And that what you're looking at is your family from all around the world. We have 50 nations represented at this conference. We have right now 73 nations that we're in right now uh, preaching the gospel. And the whole conference has something to do with go. Go. Go to the nations. Go to your neighbor. Go to the needy. Go to the next generation. And it impacted our lives in such a big way. But it was literally like a big family reunion because you guys over the last year have given, given money to church plants, people overseas that you didn't get, to, you don't know what's going on. But we were able, me and Ms. Donald were able to meet everyone that you gave to. And you had a part in, in Christ being preached in those nations. We learned three things. One thing about stoplights. When it says it's red, usually in America we stop. That means in um, the Philippines, in, in the gospel, you go anyway. Yellow means you pause. But here in the Philippines, also, when it comes to missions, it means you go fat, you speed up. And when it's green, that means you just go. But really, it was an awesome time. We're expecting God to do great things, not just in every nation, but here in our church. Uh, because we're part of something. It's great to be somewhere that lifts your eyes up and lifts your vision up to say, hey, you're part of something bigger. And nothing like running, working and just serving God and doing something greater than yourself. Uh, you know, I, I retired from the military. The one thing that a lot of guys, when they retire, don't find, because we do things greater than ourselves, if you don't find a mission or a purpose that's going to take you to do something greater, you, we kind of fail out at, uh, at life. But this place, in our place, and in, in every nation, we get to do something greater than what we can expect, or even in our own power, we couldn't do, and, which is an amazing thing. And I want to thank you guys again for giving into every nation, our, na- our churches, some of our church plants in Cincinnati. We have a church plant that we're going to be uh, launching here in San Antonio later on in the year. Come on, someone give all a hand clap on that. More to come on that. A lot of things are taking place. Uh, we're really excited what God's doing here in Texas and also in our, nat- in our uh, national scene, also our international scene. But that was your family. And that's what it says, my house shall be a house of prayer for all nations. And when the gospel is truly preached, I mean, not conveniently, aggressively, it looks like heaven here on earth. And that's the only way I can explain it. Everyone everyone from a different place. My African brothers were just amazing um, when we met them. And we have a lady here who's going to Tanzania, and we're able to put her on a list for her to be part of a church plant in 2014 in Tanzania. And here, I'm going to give you a challenge because it's all about faith that we heard. It's all about uh, radical discipleship. And the third thing is, it's about spiritual family. In 2016, I'm going to give you more in advance. 2016, our next world conference will be in Cape Town, South Africa. Come on, somebody. Now... In Africa, is about 1,000 churches as much as they can count. It's hard to count in Africa. But I'll give you three years. 
to put $5 away. Put that sub away. Don't go to, don't go to um, 7-Eleven. Put that money in a jar. And I'll tell you, in three years, you'll get on the plane with all of us, all of us, not just 10 of us, and go to Cape Town, South Africa. Come on, somebody. Cape Town, South Africa. And that's what it's about. Have the faith to connect with family. The same faith that we're using for South Africa is the same faith we're using to open the doors here in Abilene, Texas. And doors are starting to open for us to do some things. You'll hear about those. I'm not supposed to talk about them now until they're all settled. Well, we're going to start the season off. We've got our big things coming up at uh, Grace Point Church. But give the Lord a hand clap one more time. I'm excited we had one thing for our young folks to go to. Everyone always seems to rag on New York City. And I, and I sit here and I listen to it. I don't get offended. Call me a Yankee. And, but guess what? For some young students, we have a ministry internship in New York City. Here's a line. I love Frank Sinatra. He's very biblical. If you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. Exactly right. New York is not tough. I need some students to want to step up in faith, intern, do a lot of things. We'll have all the information on our welcome desk. I need you to go to to, um, New York because I need some tickets to the Brooklyn Nets. It's a mission trip. (laughs) Anyway, I want to welcome everyone back again. Uh, we'll have some information on where you can hear some of the um, speakers. They're going to be online, and we're going to put some on our webpage too. But again, really, when, I was, when me and Miss Donna was there, we were really touched by what you do here. And we were able to see the fruit of what you presented out here affect people's lives and nations opening because you've been giving. And we met the people from uh, uh, Chicago. Uh, they thank you so much for Church Plant giving that finances to them to open up their doors and we met the guy from uh, Cincinnati. He's waiting, and they got some great things going on there. We also have a new church that's opening up in Colleen, Texas. Uh, uh, young young uh, family that's opening up a church there. We're going to help out and stuff. So really excited, but don't ever discount what you give. Even if it's a penny, like Alan said, God will multiply that penny. Yeah. doesn't matter how big it is. It's all about your heart. And if you have a heart for the gospel to be preached around the world, God will make sure it's done whatever you give, but thank you so much for your giving. What we're going to do here, I'll see everyone's back, because school starts, what, in two and three weeks? Two weeks? Two weeks. Any teenagers excited about school? How about college students? Y'all excited about school? Yeah. yeah. Who went to tax-free weekend this weekend? It really isn't tax-free. They really raise the prices. You know what I mean? <laughs> but you go next week, I'm going to buy all the stuff you did, no, all the new stuff, but really. Uh, we have school's coming back. How many parents are really starting to feel it? <laughs> Things happen, right? The, the food bill goes down. They get out of the house, right? And then you got all those meetings to go to. And you got sports starting in October, football, basketball, right? And every parent, every parent is out there supporting their kids from here. I see you on Saturdays. <sighs> And you got to go to the next one. And I say, what's going on? Nothing. We got another game to go to. And I don't know what. And you know what happens? You run yourself crazy. And then you tell me at the end of October, I hate sports. <laughs> so what I want to do this season is talk about the word that 
escapes each and every one of us. Margin. Because we'll run ourselves marginless. Just go, go. Where you going? I don't know, but we got to go. We got to go. And you burn, you burn yourself out. By the time the end of the week, you're dead tired. And they say, come to church. And you're like, church? <laughs> and we get it all turned around because you got to believe this. Today is the first day of the week. God created the earth in six days. The seventh day said he rested. The Sabbath means the first day of the week. He decided to give you some margin for your life before you start work tomorrow. That's how God put it. He said, let me start them off with rest. We kind of flip it. And rest means resting in his faithfulness, resting in his love. And what I want to do is spend the next four weeks talking about margin. Today is an introduction. Next week I'll talk about time scheduling. Now this is not going to be about pop psychology. It's going to be about being in God's word. And knowing what to do and how to do it. Because a lot of us run aimlessly, aimlessly, aimlessly. And you forget why you're doing it and what you're doing. I am just as guilty as anybody else. This summer, I ran myself ragged. Didn't know why. Everyone said, boy, you in the meeting, they said, you're kind of angry, aren't you? So you mean angry. I'm not angry. What's wrong with you? Just get the job done. What's the problem? <laughs> so people took me out to lunch. Pastor Rich, you might be a little, you know that vision meeting you had? You just kind of screamed at us. <laughs> and my wife said, honey, what happened to you? I lost that. The tyranny of the urgent got so busy. No one was, you know, summertime when in church world, it's ebb and flow. And summertime is when I say, everyone take a break. But I didn't listen to my own advice. And by the time I got to the conference, I was so happy to get there. And it still worked. We had to work. And I noticed we didn't take a vacation this year. Now, we did take some time off. You know what I did? We went, took some time off just to work in the, at home to do the things we didn't do. So we really haven't had the time to do anything. I'm not complaining. It's just about us as me and my wife's character. Do-do-do-do. Go, 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 go. That's military. We don't know when to stop until we fall out. If you don't see Ms. Donna here, she's back in Children's Church. Um, she loves to serve there. We always said this. As long as, even though we're leaders, we still want to do and lead out in serving. So we won't ask you to do something we're not willing to do. And that's why we do what we do. And, some, you know, and um, that's why she's back there. But what I want to do is spend some time in the uh, in margin and talk about some things. We're going to go through a scripture. Anthony Stanley said this in a definition about margin. He said, is the amount available beyond what is necessary? The amount available beyond what is necessary. Now, there's, there's a doctor, Richard Swinson, who wrote a book. It's a good book. Restoring Emotional, Physical, financial, and time reserves for overloaded lives. How many of you say your life is overloaded? He describes margin as this. Margin is the space between our load and our limits. It's the amount allowed beyond that which is needed. It is something held in reserve for contingencies or unanticipated situations. Now, what God created is spirit, soul, and body. And what I'm going to do this series is talk about the spirit, because when our spirit's lined up, our soul will line up and our body will line up. 
So when I talk about this series, I'm going to talk about from the spiritual side of it, which will manifest into the natural side of our lives. Because we all know contingencies, unexpected contingencies come up. And you have you noticed that everything seems fear-based. I was just listening the other day. I said, uh, they had the report because it rained. I love the rain in Texas in July. How many like that? It came out with a report that says um, mosquitoes carry West Nile disease. And I'm like, I got bit so many times. Now we're going to worry about West Nile disease. So, you know, you're cutting grass and something lands on you, and you're like, I hope I don't sneeze tomorrow. Oh, man, things slow. I got a headache. You know, gets you so wired up. And it's just a mosquito bit you. But everything so will drive you into stress. The other thing is, it rains so the air conditioner has bacteria in it. Now, I just came from Florida. It is hot. It is humid. And they blow those eggs. I didn't see any bacteria. But it made you think before you turn the AC on, honey, go clean the filter. I just clean the filters. Clean them again. Clean them again. What happened? If you live in, um, in Mexico, I mean, in um, New Mexico, you have swamp coolers on top of your house. How do you get up there and clean that? It causes stress. It causes you starting to think, oh, my gosh. It will take, if you're not strong on the inside, it will wear you out on the outside. And what I want to do is go through a, a psalm. Psalm number one, talk about margin, is verses one through six. Now, this psalm is what they call a Torah psalm. It's talking about the first five books of the Bible because it's about instruction, teaching, and guidance because we need wisdom on how to live a life with margin. And this is what this is. This is a wisdom psalm, but it's made by the Torah. And it says this, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water which, that yields its fruit in its season. Its leaf does not wither. And all that he does, he prospers. When you look at that word prosper, spirit, soul, and body. It talks about you prospering financially, prospering health-wise, physically. That's the whole word of prosper. Not just spiritually, all things will manifest, again, if you put things in the right order. The wicked are not so, but they are like chaff, and the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the, day of, in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Now, you see a contrast of one who's righteous and one they say is wicked. Now, when you hear the word wicked, it means those who don't follow God's instruction. Those who follow God's instruction wind up having more margin in their life because you have a different perspective. You will check with God before you do anything. You will be proactive, not reactive. When in the book, in his book, he says, uh, Dr. Swenson says this, marginless. He says this is what happened with society today. Fatigue, everyone ex- has anxiety problems, and they're in a hurry. He said what margin does is it has energy, security, and you stay calm. Now, he says marginless is a culture thing. Margin is countercultural. Do you know the Bible that you read is countercultural? Because as we read this psalm, the blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the world. 
but he delights and loves. That says delight means to enjoy his obedience in the word. He's enjoying. And look at this. Bless means, oh, how happy, very happy in the plural, in the Hebrew. But you see something here? When we don't see God first, something happens to our lives. We progressively start to go somewhere. First, you start walking. Then you start sitting, I mean standing. And then you wind up sitting in the wrong place. You ever hear people, I don't know how I got there. Well, we can count the times when you were drifting. And when walking in marginalized lives, we walk away from God and we walk into all this chaos, just simply chaos. And his, God says, no, the world should be is the way I order it. And that's why it's important for us to delight in his word, to be in his word. I mean, delight means the joy of obeying. We must allow God's word to shape our lives. Think about it. His word should shape our lives. David was a man uh, after God's own heart. David had drama every single day. Their name was the Philistines. They always wanted to attack David and his camp. They would do it sometime twice a day. Well, what David would do, he would say, God, should I? And then God says, yes, you will overcome. Only time David ever got in trouble in the Bible is when he didn't ask God, should I? Because every time he asked God first, God gave him a different plan to execute. Think about it. As you're walking and we're getting back into schooling, the new season's coming. Ask God how you want to execute this season in my life. Don't just run out there and kill yourself. If you notice, they say you got to do um, they hear, I hear this word all the time. You got to do more with less. They thought technology was going to make life easier. It made it more complicated. But you got to be smarter, not work harder. And how do you get smarter? You get wisdom from God. We must allow him to shape our lives. And you see, when you're reading this, when intimacy with God decreases, your margin decreases. Because God is our margin. The Holy Spirit living in us is our margin. Like I was telling you, when I was, had spent time studying, and not just for messages, but studying for me to grow, I had margin. So the same thing happened every day. But when my margin started going down, I reacted different. So when they said, you're, you're angry. Yeah, I was angry. At what? The same thing that happened last week? What is the difference? Had margin. No margin. God didn't show me. I didn't seek him. He's always available. I didn't seek him. And it happens to us pastors all the time. We're told to study for ourselves first and then study for the next message. Is that too hard for y'all? Hope y'all don't think I'm an angel and I float, my head shining and all that. Okay, I'm just making sure. Okay. But you see here in this psalm, you have choices. I love this choice. Serve God and succeed or follow the world and lose. Wicked and the righteous. Now, that way, the word way means lifestyle, your desires, and there's an ultimate destiny for everything we're doing. There's an ultimate destiny for everything we're doing. 
we can live life in the now, but there's going to be an ultimate destiny of what you're going to do. It says this guy, the one who's planted by waters, who is strong, the chaff, the one, the wicked is chaff. Chaff, when they used to take wheat and they go ahead and separate the chaff from the wheat, they lift it up in the air and it all does blow. You never want to get to the end of your life and say, everything I've done, I can't account for anything. That's why your children are such a legacy, that you leave them something, and they do greater things than you will do. You never want to get to the end of your life. Or you never get to the age when you turn 50, something happens to you. You look back 50 years, I didn't do anything. Then you go ahead, I'm not going to get anything done. Because everything is built for the here and now, but there is a destiny. He says, God knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked. Do you just want your, your, your legacy to just blow in the wind? No. You want to do something great for him, but you want to live a life full of him to do great things. Now, there's something I, I noticed at this psalm. Two things, the characteristics of a life of margin. The first one, you're healthy. The second one is you're fruitful. Healthy and fruitful. The first one, you're healthy. I love the Psalm 92, 12 through 14. Can you go there for me, sir? Yeah, look at this. The righteous flourish like a palm tree and grow like cedar in, the Le- in Lebanon. They are planted where? In the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. When you're here... If you stay and you plant your life here, not this just church, any church, you will grow and flourish. Keep going. They will bear fruit. Oh, man, come on now. In young age, old age, they're never, they're they're ever, uh, say, they are ever full of sap and green. Now, the word sap, I didn't know in the Hebrew language, they used to talk slang. When I grew up, there was one word we said, that person's fat. Now, I'm not saying they're big. They're on. That brother's fat. I know, it's old school. Sorry. Bear with me. I'm over 50. He's, he's, that's what it means. Fat. Healthy. Green. Talking about a palm tree back in those days. It was not nice streams of water. The streams, always by a canal. It's always healthy. It's always green. Like we have those evergreens in Texas. They always stay green. It doesn't matter what, if it's drought or anything else. I have, I have a, what we call Afghan pines in our yard. It didn't matter if we had all that drought. They stayed green. It doesn't matter what's going on. You'll stay green. You'll play full because you're staying full from your spirit that will come out into the natural. And that's margin. So you won't react. You won't, re- you won't react to certain things. He'll flourish. One thing we had when we got here in Abilene in 1996 we moved into a house on Clark's Drive, and it had cedar pine trees all the way around it. In fact, you had to go in, pass everything to see the house. Nice house. I think it was a doctor used to own it. And it had a sprinkler system, but you couldn't use it because of all the cedar pines. The guy planted cedar pine trees, but he also had asthma. So he thought they would just grow this much, but they grew up and out. So I think we had about 15 trees lying up around. You had to be over Google Earth to see the house. And so we get there, and I said, okay, I'm going to cut down some of these trees. So I called somebody in, four trees for $300. I said, okay, he did it. I said, bye, I'll do it. 
Some out there in my little saw, because you know I'm from New York. I'm not country. And uh, the neighbors come out, and they're helping because they didn't like the trees either. They said, we didn't know there was a house there, and they brought all their tools out, and we were having a party because they didn't like those trees either. So we put the trees out. Now you got to pull the stump. Yeah, yeah. And the tree is about maybe this wide, but the root system is huge. So we're out there digging holes, and we're hitting. That's what we get an axe because I can break up stuff. I'm axing it. So we get this nice truck, 350 engine on it, Chevrolet, you know, like cowboy. Let's do it. We hit that truck, put it in, in gear. Boom. Try it again, man, because we're guys. Try it again. <laughs> right? Put some gas in it. Boom! And you hear, and then you start smelling smoke. It isn't tires. It's transmission. Right. I know. Well, we're guys. The wise weren't out there to tell us what to do. So we dig underneath a little more. Oh. Now, again, I don't know much about trees, but I learned a lot this time. A taproot. This thing held that truck back. It tapped into the line, the source. We couldn't pull that tree out until we cut the tap root. The tap root was the smallest root around the tree. When we cut the tap root, it came out. The same way with our lives, when we're planted with God, you tap into his power and his strength in the stream of the Holy Spirit, Nothing can blow you off. Nothing can pull you out your ground. No one can pull you off ground because you're solidly tapped in. Now, you, we don't see it, but we, we don't see it underneath you, but we see it in your walk. We see it in your talk. We see it in your lifestyle. And the world needs that right now because everyone doesn't have a tap root. Everyone's trying to attach themselves to something, the economy, the government. To t- and God says, just tap yourself into me. You stay here long enough, your roots are going to go down and, to, and flourish, and you'll stay green even when it's drought. And guys, in the Bible, you learn so many things. And I want you to read this. You go to Genesis 37. You know what I learned to save money? Reading about how Joseph saved money. Because he had seven years of drought and seven years of goodness. He learned how to put the pay Got a pay where he had to pay and save it. Have you noticed, just prophetically, how our, our society is, we have seven years of plenty and we have seven years of not. And what God's showing each and every one of us, you put it away when it's plenty so you have it when it's not. See, so everything you need to know about life is in that Bible. And where they get the books from is from the Bible. You notice we're in, a, we're in this upturn right now, Right? But you don't sit there and spend it all because you never know. Our God supplies, but God wants us, when this happens, if it happens again, God wants us to help supply the world. That's what I learned. So you'll bear fruit at old age because you can't kill a taproot. Second thing is, it's fruitful. I love this. Blessed is the man who trusts in the, this is Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8. And you're fruitful. Blesses the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is, is the Lord. He is like a tree planted. See that again? By water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when he comes. Or for its leaves remain green, is not anxious in the year of drought. 
for it does not cease to what? Margin. Doesn't cease. The word blessed there in the Hebrew means this. I will bless those who put their trust in the Lord. The other one was happy is the man. This one says, I will bless those who put their trust in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He will be like what? Planet in the right soil, in the right ground. Because everything else is temporary in nature. God is forever. That's the great thing about margin. So when it, the heat comes, how many love our Texas heat? Y'all better raise your hands. I just came from Florida. I'll send you all down there. <laughs> At least we can breathe when it's hot. And you come out, go outside, and you come inside, go outside. After being in the air conditioning, your glasses fog up. How do you like to drive like that? Where are we going? So I love Texas heat. I'm Texas now. But I still want my Brooklyn tickets. Yeah, I know. That's my commercial. I will bless because fruit comes from life. The life of God flowing in and through us. That's where our fruit comes from. Comes from life. The life of God flowing in and through us. What we receive, we're not supposed to hold on to. And the more you use, the more you're supplied. As we learn at the conference, things are happening for a reason. Jesus is doing something here on the earth to set us up to do greater things for him on the earth. It's not by chance. I told you, it's not detrimental for us. It's our greatest opportunities. And everything that we're doing, everywhere you're working, don't despise where you're working because God's setting something up for you to do something great in that workplace. How are we going to change Abilene? One workplace, one family, one base, one hot school at a time. But how is God going to do that? He uses fruitful people who are healthy to bring change. Don't get upset with people who don't know anything. They're not supposed to. They don't know Jesus. What happens is when I used to work in a place that would seem like it was just, oh, my gosh, it's horrendous. I just spend more time with God. And he showed me has nothing to do with you. I want to change your heart. So you will accept them because that's exactly how you used to act. That's how God speaks to me. But think about it. Fruit comes from us. And we don't have to work hard at it. Just stay in his word. It's like evergreen trees again. There's a scripture in, in the New Testament in the book of Luke, chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. We know it's about Mary and Martha. Everyone, Martha's the busy one. Mary's the one sitting at Jesus' feet. The way we preach it is kind of crazy sometimes. But Mary's name actually means this, a woman of wisdom. Martha's name means a woman of the house. But how God used this story had nothing to do with prayer, had everything about listening. Mary positioned herself to listen to what God, what Jesus had to say. And what happened was, it said Martha was distracted with many things. What happens if we walk with a marginalist la- life? We get distracted by the littlest things. And guess what? If you have a, per- who a person who was, have mercy is your, your number one gift, we have to rail you back because you want to save everybody. Because <laughs> it's in you. But you can get distracted very easy. 
And those distractions take you off what God has for you. And you don't want to be distracted. You want to be focused. And what Mary was doing was doing, the, she said, the one thing that was needed for all of us as believers, for me too, I'm not immune to any of this, is to sit down, take a time, open up the Bible. I mean, pray. Open up the Bible and read it, enjoy it, and meditate in it. When it says meditate, all you do is take a scripture and talk about it all day. That's all it is. I love one of my favorite scriptures. I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. Philippians 4.13. Whenever I think I'm in the going to something big, I quote that. They say, who are you talking to? My, I'm talking to God. Don't bother me. I need to go. And that's what it's about. Take time to pray, read, meditate in your Bible. What I'm giving you today is an overview, but next week we'll talk about how to do the particulars of this because we need this. We do. The world is looking for the real life, and we are the real life. We are the epistle that's being written. We are God's representatives here on the earth, as Anne Lee Stanley says. God is doing something in the earth. He's doing it through his church, not outside the church, through his church, who will do things outside of the church. We do it together. That's the plan. That's an amazing plan. But get time to meditate. Reason why, John 10.10 says this. If you're distracted, there's one who comes along you. You'll miss this. You'll think that you're walking with God, but you're also walking with someone who's taking you away. It's called a thief. It's the devil. He steals your joy. He kills and he destroys. Basically, your spirit, soul, and body. And I came that you may have what? Life and have it what? Abundantly. That's more than just a a great scripture. It has so much life in it. Because the life that he's talking about, life, Zoe, the life of God means the life of God, the power of God, the spirit of God flowing from God through the Son, through his people, to a people who are thirsty for the real life. They want to know what a real marriage looks like. They want to know what a real um, successful uh, Christian business looks like. They want to know because they've been trying to read all the wrong things and they only come to the end of themselves. They really want to know. And the only way they're going to know is through us who have a life flowing from Christ to us to them. It's not for us to hold on to. It's for us to pass out to other people. That's the great, and as you're passing it, you become more and more. So every day is a new day. Even with the things of today. Remember, Je- David had the Philistines. Some of us wake up every day with something. But you need to tell you something is not stronger than my God. Who doesn't have something? <laughs> we all have something. That word abundantly means this, over and above, more than necessary. I love this one, super added, exceedingly abundantly, supremely, superior, extraordinary, surpassing. And the one word I like about it is uncommon. When people see you walking with God, they're uncommon. Something different about them folks. They smile when things seem to get rough. They have an inner strength. That's uncommon today. It's like when a guy, one of my, one of the great coaches I know, um, oh, he ran Promise Keepers, Coach McCartney. When he retired from Promise Keepers, everyone had a party for him in, in Denver. The next day, the, the, the newspaper scathed them. They said this, it's uncommon for him to quit a number one 
thing to take care of his wife. That's uncommon. No, that's Jesus. See, we're all uncommon, but we got to tap into the uncommon one. We're all countercultural. We can't fit in if we want to when we get into the Bible. We can't fit into it, the world. We're not of the world. We're in it, but we're not of it. But if you don't get into the Bible, you'll see what happens in Psalms. You start to fade. What's going on? It's a slow fade. It could take a year. It could take a few months. Some of you are there now. You can't take, you ever notice you can't take the summer off? I'll take a vacation without your Bible. That is crazy. You'll die. (laughs) Or you'll kill somebody in line if you're in Disney. Hurry up! (laughs) (laughs) I love Jesus. You know, you can't give him a church card then. (laughs) Here's my church card. Oh, boy. (laughs) No margin. You start acting like them. They're in a rush. It's hectic. There's no answers out there, but all the answers sit right here. You didn't have a life to struggle. You have a life that's abundant. When you tap into that life, you become uncommon, and we are uncommon people. That's the way God works. Hey, man, how you doing? This little man. This is a little uncommon little man there. How you doing? He said, oh, man, I got put out there, I tell you. <laughs> but see, he used that as a gift. See, what's his name? Judah. Judah, Judah man. Oh, oh, man. Prophetically. You see? He's going to do beautiful name, right? He's going to live up to that name. We all are. Well, I want, I'm here to tell you today with margin. You can start today. You can start 1201 today. Why don't we all stand? And here's the thing. If you blew it two hours ago, God's grace is massive and astounding. All you got to do is repent and come back into it. But bless, I will bless those who trust me and put their trust in me. Not in the things of me, in me. It's a lot of things I can just, just being down, I can just sense a lot of people got a lot of things you're waiting on. But really, enjoy your days. Because this is our greatest hours as a church and as a people. You are uncommon. Stop trying to fit in. Don't get upset because you have a crazy boss. They're all crazy. I was crazy until I got born again. Then I became better, more crazy. <laughs> but you guys are all uncommon. Everyone just close your eyes. Let's take a break.